Benjamin Franklin once said, In wine there is wisdom, in beer there is freedom, and in water there's bacteria. No bacteria here. This is On the Back Bar. On the Back Bar is your gateway to talking to the people behind the scenes at bars, distilleries, and vineyards around the world. We'll talk to the experts in the industry about future trends, people, spirits, cocktails, wine, and everything else. So kick your feet up, pour your favorite drink, and hang out on the back bar. This is Christopher Menning. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to On About Bar Podcast. It's me, Chris. I uh, hope you're all doing well. Um, I expect most of you are right now in Bar Convent Berlin. Uh, shame I couldn't be over there, but it looks like a lot of fun. I've been following everyone's social media posts. So you might be listening to this on the way back home to wherever your home is. Um, this episode is going to be pretty cool and fun. We've got Gagan Gurang from Telcomilia, um over in Hong Kong. He's the tea man, the tea expert. He has his own podcast he started as well. We've been wanting to talk for a little while, so I'm quite excited to have him here today. Um, bro, how's it going? How's life? Good, man. Thank you, Chris, for having me. Very excited to talk to you about um, our tea journey. <laughs> good, good. I um, mean, before we get into that, how's, um, how's Hong Kong these days? You guys have uh, had a few struggles. Um, I hear it's kind of opening back up again. Is that correct? Yeah, man. It was actually, um, we were living in a bubble for uh, for two two years, I would say, compared to other places. Uh, recently, it's a good news that they released um, uh, no more quarantine. So actually, you can go out of airport without having quarantine. And it's, it's because I experienced myself having a quarantine, going straight to the hotel, staying there. And now and then I experienced not having quarantine. <laughs> like last week, uh, uh, two weeks ago, when I came back from Thailand, straight to home. It's, it's good. I think hopefully we will um, invite more people from uh, overseas because right now you will see zero tourists uh, in Hong Kong. Zero, zero visitors, let's say guests here from around, from other countries um, to Hong Kong. So um, I'll say um, the positivity is coming back. Hong Kong is a very um, uh, different city compared to other places. Although it will go back quick pretty quick but it will come back also pretty quick you know like we've been struggling not getting travel for for almost one and a half two years but when it's open now everyone's traveling like boom like everyone's going out um so yeah i think it will just take a few time and then we'll be back on track good to hear good to hear oh, it seems like everyone's coming to thailand at the moment we've had so yeah, many yeah. guests just recently <laughs> including well, yourself was, yeah it was for thailand uh cocktail week uh thanks to goi and the team that can there invited at least more than 40 bartenders from around the Asia. Man. That's a lot of people to host. <laughs> yeah, I mean, everyone seems to be coming here at the moment. What, what was your thoughts to Thailand? How was your guest chef? Did you like it? It's good, man. Thailand has always been the place to to have fun, you know, like to go out, meet people, also have quite a few friends in, in Thailand. And I'm, I'm lucky enough to actually do a to guest chef in Bangkok, I did in, in Phuket, I've never been to Phuket, I've never been to Chiang Mai, so... Oh, cool. I okay. got to travel quite a few, but it was intense travel every day in a different place. 
<laughs> well, look, hey, we're here to talk about you and um, and particularly the focus on tea because I know that's sort of uh, your strong point with your cocktail programs. Um, so maybe we can talk, uh, you know, a bit about how you got into the industry, how tea sort of came your sort of emphasis, and and a bit about Tel Chameleon and the bar program. Sure, uh, um, I'm, I'm we I'm, I've been living in Hong Kong more than anywhere else, but uh, I'm from Nepal. So my my whole family lives in Hong Kong. We came here a long time ago. My mom was born in Hong Kong. Um, when I finished my study, came to Hong Kong. I, I wanted to be a chef, so I started working and study about the culinary school. But I later on realized after working one year in a in a kitchen, I didn't re- I didn't realize I'm not a kitchen guy. You know, <laughs> uh, it's a tough job, <clears throat> and I decided to. Do something re- similar to kitchen, uh, creating flavors, creating um, you know experience, but in a bartending. But that was like a quite a time ago. Um, bartending was not a thing. Like now, we have to uh, convince everyone or parents to do bartending. It was a thing to people not believing in. You know, like oh, you're gonna go just go um, drink and. Uh, what was is that a profession? <laughs> I think a lot of people still ask, uh, but <clears throat> I decided to join a bartending and uh, work, you know, some companies like Zuma for quite a while because of the 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 the, the, the company allowed me to uh, travel other places um, with the Zuma. Then I get more experience, and I left Zuma for after seven and a half, almost like eight years, and start opening my own place. So till Camellia came. Um, in my way because I every bartender's dream. But right now, I will tell you, not every bartender's dream to open a bar. They see the struggle during this pandemic. You know, it's not a fun side all the time. Um, uh, but I had to tell you that I was always planned to open my own place, and I decided to open a bar. But the concept was tea. People ask me why tea because it's very um. Simple reason in my mind, if but it's hard to explain sometimes because I grew up drinking tea in Nepal. Even some of the places I see now, like they don't give caffeine to kids, but in in Nepal we just drink tea. Like I was like six, seven years old, we just downing tea, um, and um, this is the one thing we're close to tea. I was close to tea, and uh, I see the tea plantation when I was a kid and. Um, I want to have a unique experience. So one experience that I always share with the people. So I was in a European country, one of the European country, and there was a, a, some friend from a different place. I would say they were like, um, they're from Mexico, they're from some like South America. So they see their cuisine in uh, in Europe and they see, wow, this is um, so good to see, you know, like let's say a Mexican place, you know, this is our place. I know uh, uh, tacos, I know these things. So this inspired me to do, why don't we open something that, kind of inspire us to to have a um, kind of you know close experience like tea so if we just we talk about tea is like a Asian thing if one day if I see someone opening tea bar in let's say other part of the world that kind of give us the closeness and you know like um, kind of kind of the thing that oh this is Asian thing so this is one thing and it was never happened we didn't have any tea cocktail bar in Hong Kong so this is where I came along. Okay, like let's do the tea inspired cocktail bar, and it was very tough again. 
Okay, okay. Well, I mean, it'd be great to hear about the process of how you set up and, and, and starting in Hong Kong. Firstly, what about the name? Um, who's Camellia and what should we be telling her? So, <laughs> Where did that come from? We make a joke about it. Camellia is my ex-girlfriend and stuff, but um, <laughs> it's not, it's not. It's not. Ah, okay, so, Camellia okay. is actually a tea plant name. Um, so, in the world, there's a... Um, all types of tea, let's say you talk about green tea, black tea, poor, oolong, matcha. So all of the tea in the world is come from a one plant called Camellia senesis. Okay, I didn't know that. Camellia senesis is the mother plant of all type of tea. Um, so we was, um, I was like, okay, let's tell people about tea. But tell tea doesn't sound well, so it's like, let's still tell Camellia. And people are always curious about it. It's so funny, people are like, uh, uh, where are you at? A customer really gave me experience in the WhatsApp. Was like, my friend asked me where and I asked her, tell Camellia. She's like, and the other guy was like, who's, who's who I tell? <laughs> who's Camellia? <laughs> so Camellia senesis, Camellia senesis is a mother plant of um, a tea. So all the tea, it's just a process, like a grape. It grow in different places around the world. Uh, terroir, place, technique, make a difference. But, it's come, come from Camellia senesis. So that's why I was like, okay, let's tell. So tea. I'm talking about, if we're talking about tisane, like a chamomile tea, mint tea, or chrysanthemum tea, those are tisane. So those are different categories. Those are not from Camellia senesis. But Camellia senesis, like a black tea, oolong, okay. matcha, where all tea which has caffeine. So how many teas are you using in the menu right so, now? So uh, in the world, them? there's only six types of tea, but there's um, also... A branches of from six types of tea, right? But we're using uh, apart from yellow tea, we have all of them. We have uh, black tea, green tea, white tea, oolong, puer. But there's a yellow tea that we don't use yellow tea in our cup. And in terms of like, um, so you must have um, some tried and true practices when it comes to tea. But generally, when you're going to use a tea. What's the sort of thought process behind it? Do you think of the cocktail first or do you think of the tea and the flavor first and then create the cocktail around that? I'd really like to hear that thought process. Yeah, I think it's, it's a very good uh, question. At the beginning, uh, that was also a struggle for us. But at the beginning, I was very, it was very simple for me. The menu that I created was um, inspired by the places that we get the tea from. Right. Okay. So so that way it's easier to film. Let's say if I'm getting... Um, Thai tea, which we have, we had in the menu. We call the cocktail name is Thailand. Simple as that. But when you get a Thai tea, we're getting Thai pandan. So we mix with some Thai curry flavor. We add a little bit of uh, pineapple, so kind of give that tropical flavor with the Thai tea. So it's just coming along with the with the tea uh, place. And let's say if we're using tea from India, so we're using the Indian spices. And it's kind of style, you know, chai masala style. But later on, we realized not all of the um, country around the world grow tea. And so we were kind of, okay, what should I do? I talked to our team and we decided, okay, now, now we're going to do by uh, tea by tea. So now our menu has green tea, black tea, uh, oolong. And then we change every, um, every six months, every seven months uh, by tea. So first I get the tea, we get the tea, let's say I'm making a cocktail with the green tea. What goes with the green tea? So we try, we um, experiment on the flavors. But also, um, lucky enough to have the, the tools that we use, we have rotobev, we have centrifuge. Mm -hmm. So it allows us to 
play with the flavor. And also, sometimes people are talk. You know, people come to the bar. They're like, "Oh, I want to have a tea cocktail, but I don't want uh, caffeine." You know, night time. Uh, so we also have a tea that actually remove the caffeine out and serve with the cocktail. Okay, that that's an interesting point, and um, I will, you know. Uh be very honest here. I, I love tea, but I don't know much about it. And uh, I guess it's something I should really uh, tap into more. But in terms of the caffeine, I always thought that once you um, sort of uh, add a heat or, a, you know, a hot element like hot water, that most of the caffeine dissipates. But, you know, how do you how, how do you measure the caffeine in a tea? So caffeine is simple, right? The, the, the more the processed tea, they, they have the, ca- the more caffeine. So I would say the black tea, uh, the one we do drink usually, um, uh, like Lipton as example, we don't do that. We don't drink <laughs> right. Lipton tea, but that's a, it has a more caffeine compared to, uh, compared to uh, let's say, a white tea. Um, but what happened when caffeine, the, the thin amino acid, when it's mixed with alcohol, sometimes it gives you a little bit of, um, extra dopamine. I mean, it's scientifically proven. Wow, so, okay. in terms of that, um, it's good to have a cocktail or uh, uh, spade with the, with the caffeine, but not a lot. Like not like coffee, but caffeine in tea is compared to coffee is nothing. I would say it's like a, you don't feel it. But unless you allergic with the caffeine, you know, some people like they can't take caffeine like even zero zero percent. So for them. Probably could be a problem, but usually it will not bother you for sleep. I can tell you that. Uh, even this, we're making, and then we're not using like hundred ml of tea and and then caffeine, right? We use mostly infusion, redistill. So once we redistill, infusion will bring a lot of caffeine. Let's say I'm making um one of our signature cocktail teas, knees. So it's like a uh, twist on a business. So we have we use Sri Lankan black tea with the gin we leave it for 24 hours in a gin and right after that if you drink that gin that's a full of caffeine full of tannin dry uh, also it's color also very dark you can't drain that it's almost impossible to drink mm. but what we do we redistill that gin so distillation process what it does actually remove the color and only take out the uh, the, the clear spirit and we throw away the the, the leftover and the clear spirit gin is actually have a strong tea flavor but zero caffeine and zero tannin zero bitterness okay okay yeah now this is interesting for me because um i'm i expect people listening as well um you know for me if i was going to use tea in a cocktail i would only think the two methods so hot extraction or cold extraction you know infusion wise yeah, yeah what you just said about the infusion so does that mean if you infuse um tea with an alcohol there's actually a lot more caffeine and that can be no, 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 caffeine will be uh, is it will be more uh, macerate. You know, alcohol in t- tend to extract or like a catch the flavor. Yeah, is pretty faster than the water because of the alcohol content, and the l- lower the ABV actually, this lower the the, uh, the they will capture the, the the flavor and stuff. But I would say we try to get if we if it's for distillation, then we we try to get as much infusion as possible. If it's for distillation, but let's say if we don't want a distillation, so we have uh, some of the cocktails, Hojisa cocktail, which is um, we infuse in a cold brew, mm, so as yeah. usually, right? Cold brew, so we, it gives that flavor, but it doesn't give you that bitterness. Okay, 
So talking about cold brews, can you tell us, um, you know, for some of the audience maybe who are quite new to bartending, what's your sort of um, best practices for cold brew? How, how long do you normally leave it for? What's a good, um, a good way to make a decent cold brew? So um, there's a few things you can think about it um, when we do cold brew. Uh, depend on the tea. If your tea is a strong character like Lapsang Suchong, I would prefer and I would suggest people to leave that uh, in a fridge with the water normal fridge not the freezer but if you have a green tea like um, light white tea you can even leave in room temperature for 12 hours like one night should be enough but usually cold brew um depending on if you already leave you know if you're living in very hot weather i say freeze is the better freeze is the uh, good choice to do any um, any cold brew and just left overnight and that should be enough to sort of yeah that should, enough. that should be enough that should be enough that should be enough and the, there's no um, exact recipe because uh, um, everyone have a different palate to uh, to accept tea. Some people think oolong tea is very strong for them because of the you know the the, the flavor of aroma and the roastiness. But some people, for me, like oolong tea. If I, if I need to drink oolong tea, I need to have a lot of oolong tea to have cold brew because that's my my palate. I I like strong tea. Mm. So you, we gotta try, like say a one liter. Usually you can do ten gram or five gram to start with, and you will know slowly. Okay, okay. Uh, and then you can gradually add more on next time. So other than Tel Camellia, I know you do quite a few other things in Hong Kong. So uh, uh, Barcode Coffee is one of your other projects, right? Yeah. How's that yeah. going now? I just looked at some of the photos, and the cocktails look pretty, uh, pretty cool actually in terms of garnish and a presentation. When when we had a um, tell Camellia for one and a half year, then I decided to okay let's do something which is close to coffee, uh, because tea and coffee you know almost almost related sure. <laughs> almost, and then we started this concept actually um, it's not an only coffee shop so it's a coffee shop at the at the front, and we have a secret bar inside which is um, we serve uh, coffee cocktails but non coffee cocktails as well, um, and totally two different. Um, uh, interior two different designer we use and the name is inspired by bar coffee and dessert okay. so we do dessert um with the cocktail nice can you tell us about some yeah. of the recipes oh yes we have um <clears throat> one of them um is we have our very signature tiramisu molten tiramisu is nice. is one of the popular we serve with um uh that one was a peanut butter whiskey sour Peanut butter whiskey sour. Wow, okay. Sounds yeah, good. so we have peanut butter whiskey is pretty nice. We have um, coffee and you. It's actually a very good combination that I found it. Um, it's with the coffee, um, espresso with some uh, coffee liqueur and yuzu juice. Coffee and yuzu, that works, and it, okay. Yeah, and, and you just shake and serve on top of with the tonic water. It's the best, man. Okay, okay <laughs> I've got to try that. That's it's the best, yeah. Good. You know, what's, what's been going on in the Hong Kong drink scene? I mean, um, so you've got, I mean, being a, a beverage operator yourself, you've obviously hit, been hit the hardest, I guess, um, with all that's yeah. recently happened. Is it sort of bouncing back? How's the community been? I mean, um, you know, we've seen Asia sort of really, um, I guess, expand further over the last five years in terms of the cocktail, cocktail bars on offer. Hong Kong, I feel, has been one of the leaders of that. Um, is it still sort of at the forefront? Are things changing? What's been sort of on the trend right now? So, um, <clears throat> on this thing, um, Hong Kong is always... So, uh, let's say Singapore was the first one to start in, in Asia to mm. 
to actually build this cocktail community um, around Asia, and Hong Kong was the second. Um, we do have a great bus, great, great concept, but we don't have a freedom like Thailand, which they, they have a more freedom to play around. Let's say I was put um, um, like right now in Malaysia, because I recently went to KL mm. and Penang. So, because although a lot of people have a great concept in Hong Kong, wanted to do but the rent uh, okay. the rent is 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 killer actually because let's say if you want to do do a single origin a concept like what they're doing in in Singapore or um, some of the place around the world that's you want to do only only single ingredients and you know, Asian ingredients kind of stuff it's very tough in Hong Kong because is how much passion you have is is very important but also in the end of the day the 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 venue has to run right you have to pay rent and and um, this is where we have to sometime uh, I would say sometimes people play safe and um, rather not playing what they wanted to do is only less people like me when we, when I was about to open till camellia a lot of have a lot of people have questioned they're like oh who's gonna drink tea cocktail is not a lot of tea cocktail you can do there's only a few types of tea and end of the day is gonna taste exactly the same which was <laughs> I was thinking the same, right? Like, oh shit, we're gonna do a tea cocktail. I'm okay. We know tea cocktail. How many cocktail I'm gonna make with one black tea, right? It's gonna be yeah. exactly the same flavor. But I realize there is a, a thousand ways. It's just like playing a, um, a guitar, you know, like guitar have A B C D chords, but you can play thousands of songs from the same chords. Mm-hmm. And you know, how many? Just talking about that, how many cocktails do you have on the menu right now? How many cocktails we have? That's a good question. I don't know. Until Camellia, we have... So we have um, a section of tea tales, we call... Uh, and a section of classic twists on, uh, on a... on a, So six tea tales, um, classic twists on six or twelve, and uh, some tea zane cocktail, two of them, and uh, five tea tonic. So tea tonic is something that we started from the day one. Is like letting people know Hong Kong is a place for gin. Um, mm, okay. You like it or not, uh, people love gin over here. So I decided to have a a, 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 a tea tonic flight, which is like a really still gin of tea, serving with the tonic water. A type of, so we have a onion flavor. So we have a lychee with the Sri Lankan black tea. We have a Kyoho grape with some green tea. We have a lapsang suchong gin. So people can try. With the uh, that's a really still gin with the tea and with the try with the tonic water. Oh, that's cool. So that's the section that's yeah from day one. Okay, that that's a flight. You so said. we have, yeah, yeah. If we count total, around like 20, okay. 20 drinks. Okay, cool. We change. We don't. We never change our menu. We just change our uh, add and remove. Mm-hmm. So we uh, we changing our uh, we adding new cocktails next week. Actually, talking about now, um, the new co- new idea is to uh, working with the local farm. So we recently. Uh, visit a local farm and get some local ingredients, seasonal ingredients, and uh, we can cook it from them. That's cool, man. That's cool. I mean, um, sourcing locally is sort of uh, the big thing right now, and it's, it's very yeah. good because you sometimes you get surprised about what's on your doorstep, right? You you, you don't yeah, realize, yeah. and uh, you find all these hidden gems and hidden ingredients. So, other than the bars, mate, you've also got a podcast. Um, so let's talk about yeah. that. Uh, how long have you been going for? I see uh, one of your recent episodes was uh, with a tea producer, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, tell us about the podcast. How can people find it? What's the sort of concept behind it? So, um, it, it started during um, 
our bar closed down so you know Hong Kong was closed twice actually one time for four five months another time again uh, last year I think I uh, know this year uh, for three four months so during the free time I was thinking what should we do you know like and um, uh, we want to talk to the people and we wanted to have some fun and have some drinks actually during the podcast <laughs> that was the started um, we started uh, with uh, our team from 24 land is a Three boys, um, they're working with me. Um, they have their own studio. So I asked me, let's do the podcast. And the idea is to invite people and talk to them about, um, not about industry. So this is where I, a lot of people have a, a question to me, like, why don't you invite industry people? I, I'll do. I, I realize the only thing I know about is, is F&B. Right. But uh, it's idea to talk about something else. But no, we let's say even I invite... Um, recently, one of our podcasts from uh, uh, Young Dubdai from uh, Sidecar India. I was visit Delhi uh, in Sidecar, get shaved during that time. We did a small talk to him. And again, it's not about, oh, how do you make the cocktails and what is the thing? The old, I want to talk about what's the process, you know, what's the life? Yeah. What's the, what's, what's uh, the profession he came from, but although yeah, the F&B, but what are the other things? What's, how do you build the great um, uh, mental power and kind of stuff, right? So at the, at the beginning, I was inviting only people who was not from F&B, um, like pilots, we have some uh, uh, writers, we have some different part of, uh, different people from different part of the industry. Mm. It's kind of good for uh, our industry to listen, right? Mm. What is, um, always give example, um, Andrew, one of our friend, my friend who came to our podcast, he's, he handled logistic um, and I didn't know what is how to handle logistics by phone. Like he literally worked from the phone, <laughs> and we get to talk to him and we find out um, some stuff. And then there's a pilot, um, uh, so we talk to him. Uh, how do you actually fly? And who who did you fly with? You know those kind of thing experience. So people can listen and kind of inspire. How do you become pilot? You know, this kind of stuff. Yeah. So the podcast started from here. Now I'm going to invite people from our industry, but we're going to, we're probably not going to talk about uh, much about drink and food. We will talk about life. So that's why the podcast is called This Is Life. This Is Life. Okay, well, I'm going to put, yeah. <laughs> I'll put links in the show notes for everyone. Um, thank you, and thank no, you. No, touching on what you said, I, I really believe in that as well. And some of the best podcasts I've had are where the guests have talked about um, sort of other subjects such as leadership, well-being, yeah, you know, that exactly, sort of thing really exactly, excites me. Yeah. It's so super interesting and it's still relevant to what we do, you know. Yeah, uh, but I, I also, I'm not, a, uh, I mean, I'm not really a serious guy that talk about well-being and stuff, but <laughs> right. during podcasts, it's it just like, um, it's good to have a different perspective from different people, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and um, we, um, there's a, so many, um, there's like a few episodes we actually drink during the, whatever is possible. So after a few drink, actually you open up more and um, sometimes, sometimes it happens. <laughs> too much, exactly. <laughs> we, we have to cancel some of the podcast actually. Yeah, I, honestly, I've had to do the same. I've, um, I've had two, two great episodes and actually um, I shout back to Mateo and Kunkeke as well from uh, Opium Bar. When they came on the show, they poured so much alcohol yeah. and we just got so smashed and I had to cut out about an hour because I was like, Wow, people cannot hear this. This is really, this is like, <laughs> this probably like shouldn't show that. 
we have to cancel the whole podcast actually the whole podcast <laughs> yeah because my idea is to we i don't plan to um um edit So the plan is not to edit uh, when we yeah when we I try talk. and edit less. Uh, so if 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 we if we have a situation that we talk too much and in this, I mean, it's not serious. But you know, sometimes people talk about their company, right? Uh, existing company and and we, I, because of my fun podcast, I don't want to have people to you know like uh, lose their job. So <laughs> <laughs> so so we have to we have to just remove the podcast. Okay. okay. So you've got a studio. Yes, um, I mean it's not my studio. Is is the the boys? Yeah, actually they 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 do video shoot, um, and they have their studio. Okay, cool. Yeah, cool. So we do in studio. All right, man. Well, look, I'm going to give a few episodes a listen, and it'll be in the show notes for everyone else. Um, yeah. You know, before like we wrap up and everything, you know, what's the plan for the future, man? What have you got planned for the rest of the year? Is there anything coming up next year? Well, uh, we so the plan is to um, to recent plan is to we we're doing. Uh, really focusing on Telkamilia and Barcode and Zura, so these are the two three venues that I have, and uh, we opening uh, two more places. Two more. Uh, wow. Yeah, hopefully by um, as soon as possible. When you can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we we already uh, we have the we have the venues and stuff. We're working on um, on concept and, and an idea. Cool. But yeah, uh, that's a, that's a big plan, and I travel recently, so probably not gonna travel this year. <laughs> if 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 someone invite definitely probably I can. <laughs> yeah. But because we did man we just um we did uh Nepal, Delhi, Darjeeling, Singapore, uh KL, Penang and recently Thailand. It's quite a tour. Is yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was good fun. It was good fun. Yeah, man. It's a good experience, man. I love traveling and it was a very right timing after three years. Yeah, that's it. It's, it's nice to be able to to do that sort of thing now, right? And and get around. So I went to KL recently as well. Um, which I really liked. It was quite cool to hang around Chinatown, see what's going on. And man, it's so good. Kale is amazing. I I never been to Kale, so this time when I was in Kale, I loved the place and, and I loved the industry. But but because um, <laughs> when I was about to fly back to Hong Kong, I got COVID. <laughs> oh no! Okay. So so I extended six seven more days. Uh, so you had to Kale. stay there while you had COVID. Yeah yeah. Oh yeah. no! Okay okay. But if you, I tell you, uh, if you live in Hong Kong and you go out of Hong Kong, like recent time, you'll see you coming out of a different planet. I mean, here is we're very strict on uh, rules and regulation about mass. Um, you know, we have the app that leave on app and stuff, which is uh, I mean, I'm sure it's good, it's doing good um, for people here. But uh, we we follow all the rules and regulation here. Uh, but when you leave. You step out of Hong Kong, you see people without the mask. You just seeing and people like you have COVID. They don't give a shit. They're like, yeah, what man's COVID is fine. I mean, it's a serious, it's serious, uh, um, um, you know, uh, disease. Um, but some um, right now people is taking um, kind of easy on it and it just people living with it. I would say much easier here in Thailand. People have sort of. Uh, I mean, yeah. people still wear masks, but they kind of did anyway. It was always um, you know because they. They've had these sort of big diseases come before, um, and obviously the pollution is pretty bad in Bangkok. So it's not like um, beyond normal, but people are much more open. In fact, when I flew back from KL to Bangkok, 
They didn't ask anything about vaccines. They didn't ask. I mean, literally just said, yeah, really? go through. That's fine. And I was like, okay, good. I mean, it's yeah, so easy. So cool. but, yeah. um, we've really seen a huge boom for tourism. It's it's massively coming back. Um, it's huge, yeah. man. Oh, my God. I was telling everyone when I came back from Malaysia, I was like, man, Malaysia is booming with the tourists. Yeah. It's yeah. like tourists, tourists. But when I, when I went to Thailand, bro, it's like going... Yeah, extreme man. And one more thing, because of the probably because of the 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 weed as well, <laughs> legalizing yeah, yeah. legalizing was, cannabis, man. <laughs> that was such a weird thing. Like it's um, it kind of just happened overnight. They just said, yeah, so now weed's legal. You can do what you want. And then everyone was like, what? Yeah. And then there were all these shops opening up. Um, of course, you've got all these sort of um, people used to go to Amsterdam, you know, for the weed sort of tourism. They're coming yeah, here yeah. now. Um, it's crazy, man. I mean, I don't know where that stops um Kaosan road it, most people will know Kaosan road is sort of the backpacker haven in bangkok it's just full of weed shops now um it's very yeah, strange in phuket man full of weed shop it's i i love to see because uh, i mean i i personally cannot I'm, i i tried i cannot I just i don't have that you know <laughs> right. i don't have the um, um oh, right um illusion when i smoke right so I, I i don't i don't i never smoke after that yeah but i love people smoking <laughs> yes we're like personally um and it's so funny because we can openly talk about this stuff now but uh yeah no if i have like just a couple of tokes i'll be asleep like it would just not be <laughs> it does nothing for me <laughs> so, but i can't man i know people well, who for me scary for me scary yeah i know some guys who wake up every day and it's like the first thing they do have a couple of tokes yeah and it just gets them through but, in it you know, I give you an example. Uh, I talked to my one of my friend like, uh, how can you function? Yeah. You know, like, but this is how do you function when you have a drink? Like, I can work after a few shots. Like, let's say I have a few shots of tequila or whatever. I'm just drinking. I'm just working, right? Yeah. And when I see people functioning after a few puffs, I was like, well, that's a... Uh, for them, is normal. So people who smoke... Yeah, um, people have different sort of um, reactions to it, right? Um, yeah. I think drinking and smoking is a, a bad mix, though. I've seen that and bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think you that tend is to find bad. That is bad. the hardcore smokers don't really drink that much either, do they? So, yeah. Exactly. And which is good. Which is good. I, I would never um, suggest people to mix it up. Once you mix it up, man, that's... Uh, True. Pretty don't mix and drink responsibly, bad. people, please. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Drink and smoke responsibly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Dude, it was great to have you on the show today, and thanks for sort of sharing your knowledge about tea and um, and what's been going on with you. Uh, for the audience, please go listen to his podcast. I have it in the show notes. Uh, also, please go check out Tel Camilia if you're in Hong Kong, um, and also just follow Gagan, see what he's doing, and uh, very excited to see what the two new venues will be. Bro, thanks for being here. Thank you, man. Thank you, Christopher, for uh, um, having me and uh, letting me share my stories and talk about some fun stuff. So, yeah, um, if, if you guys are visiting Hong Kong, do visit our bars. You can follow me in Gagan Guru and you can see our venue soon. And then definitely, hopefully, and it will be uh, no quarantine by November. So anyone from anywhere can come to Hong Kong and have some fun. Brilliant. Thanks a lot, man. Keep safe and talk to you soon. Thank you so much for listening to the show, guys. Uh, we are available on Spotify, iTunes and all other major podcast providers. Your support helps my show grow and I love you for listening. So thank you so much. If you want to be a part of it even more, please look at the show notes. You can find links to our Facebook group, The Beverage Network. You can also find links to my Patreon page where you can help the show grow even further with small donations. And you can also find my email where you can reach me anytime with any questions. You guys are amazing. I love this industry. Let's keep it growing. Thank you for listening to On The Bad Bar.